Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Not only, like I said, number one, the data situation to understand what's going on in the market. Number two, to understand the lane that you're really good at. And number three, to buy at the right prices that work for you and don't make something happen that's not there. Best ever listeners, where are you going to be on February 22nd and 23rd? I am visualizing that you're going to be in Denver, Colorado, because that's where the best ever conference is and that's when it is. February 22nd, 23rd. Go to besteverconference.com and even put in take five so you get 5% off your ticket. So that is T-A-K-E and the number five whenever you purchase your ticket. And buy now because ticket prices go up weekly. So go to besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference, the agenda, the speakers. We've got an incredible speaker list focused on commercial real estate. So that includes five plus units if you're in multifamily. And you're going to get a lot of value from this conference. Go to besteverconference.com. It's the third time we've done it. It improves every year and we have raving reviews. I'm not just saying it. Ask people who have attended every year. Besteverconference.com. Enter Take5, T-A-K-E-5 when you purchase your ticket and get an extra 5% off. Ticket price is going up weekly, so get it today. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of the fluffy stuff with us today. Mike Jordan, how you doing, Mike? I am doing well. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Appreciate it being back on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Nice to have you back. And best ever listeners, you recognize Mike's name because he was on episode 1558 fairly recently. And it is titled Championship Level Rehabs for Better Returns. I love how we went. Well, we, I'm not going to give myself credit. I shouldn't. How you went through the rehab process and you talked to us about the keys to a successful rehab. Today, we're going to do a regular episode and we're going to learn more about yourself and your background. So a little bit about Mike before we get going. He has been an entrepreneur since 1999 and he has over $100 million in total transactions under his belt. He's done a bunch of different real estate strategies from renovations, building homes, buying, buy and hold properties. He's a turnkey provider, has a property management company, wholesaling, a whole bunch of stuff. 
And again, you can hear his other episode on keys to a successful rehab. Highly recommend that episode, episode 1,558, based in Detroit, Michigan. So with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely. You've given her a lot about the background, but I'll tell you, I started out as a contractor back in 1999 and I always had a passion for growing financially and opportunity-wise and got into building homes back in the early 2000s when it was a very hot thing to do. And that's the only thing I knew how to do real estate-wise to make money because I didn't have the education that I gained throughout the years through different sources such as yourself and many other sources that have taught me how to make money without just building homes. There's a lot of routes to make money in real estate. So I got into building homes. Market went down around 2006. Was left with approximately, I think it was five homes. Had no debt on them kept them as rentals. And I became an accidental landlord that loved the business. So what I started doing is I said, you know what, as the years went on and the market got worse and worse, I started buying more and more properties. And what happened was I learned how to take my construction skill set of renovating the homes, not going too far with them, but having a beautiful home. You have hardwood floors in there, refinishing them, putting a good kitchen in there. And most importantly, put in a good tenant that you manage properly. And then after doing that, I started selling a lot of these homes to turnkey investors. And I created a property management company and became an accidental property manager. So prior to that, I was an accidental landlord, became an accidental property manager because it was by force because I didn't feel any of the property management companies delivered the right kind of client services, the direct, straightforward honest service that owners deserve. And my company's kind of blossomed from there. And then I got into buying notes because I learned the business, buying debt. And it was good to buy when I come across good deals that make sense. So I kind of put that into my inventory bucket of opportunities to buy along the way. And along doing that, a lot of the wholesalers and realtors that I would deal with and events I would go to, people would sometimes say, hey, Mike, I got this deal under contract and I need money for around three months to buy it and fix it up and flip it. Or I need money to buy it and wholesale it. So I also became an accidental lender. <laughs> Actually, the accidental lender thing is kind of funny because my first lending opportunity really came from one of my contractors that was working for me who was flipping a home. And then the second one was through a dentist that was working on my teeth. So I said, wow, okay, this could be really good. So I put that into the mix and it sounds like it's really complicated what I'm doing, but it's not. It's all synergenic. It's all really related businesses through real estate. And there was natural progression. So I looked at it like everything I'm doing, I want to maximize, hit the ceiling on, and then basically add another function that makes sense to the business. And that's where I went on to create a brokerage firm, which just made natural sense that if we're going out there and doing off-market marketing, why not take the homes that we don't want to buy and create turnkey properties out of for our clients? Why not take them and list them? Or if the price doesn't meet what we're looking to buy it for, why not take it and list it? So we started our own brokerage firm and 
that's been going really good. And it also complements our other businesses, such as the hard money business and our turnkey business and our property management business. And along the way with being a turnkey provider, one of the things is to get the home done as economical as possible without not providing a quality home. So quality has to be in the forefront of producing any product that we provide. And we started buying materials in bulk so we can bring those costs down without jeopardizing the quality. Then we started our own materials outlet company, which only carries certain products that we feel other investors, not homeowners, would buy from us. So I think one of the keys to my business is diversification and genetic businesses that don't affect what we're doing in a negative way. So I'm not in the real estate business, but then also I don't have a pizza place. So I'm in the same realm of businesses, and that's where we're achieving our success of flipping around 300 homes a year. When you were building homes in the early 2000s and then 2006, you mentioned the recession started in 2006 where you're at in Detroit. How did you have five homes with no debt on them? Because my assumption is that you had used financing in order to get loans to build those homes, but it sounds like that's an incorrect assumption, right? Yeah, that was me saving every penny that I made for the last six years and having a thriving construction business that was making a lot of money. So what I was doing is I didn't know how to dip into the good debt world, as I call it, because I think there's good and bad debt. I didn't know how to dip into that the right way. So what I was doing is I was using my own cash. And that was from me being in business prior to that for four, five, six years and saving up money and my businesses doing really well. So I could go out there and build these homes and cash. And I wasn't doing volume. So I've built a total of 20 homes in my career. So when I was left with those four, actually two of them were new construction and the other three were properties that I bought that I would have demoed and created lots out of. Mm -hmm. But did you build all five of them? I mean, no. so the two new construction, did you build those two? Yes. So I and built those two. The three that were demos, did you demo them and start building or did you just keep those three? Nope. I kept those three. They, okay. they had tenants on them. I bought them anywhere between seventy dollars and $120,000 mm -hmm. because they were on multiple lots. So I was valuing the home based on the value of the land. So I was able to get by with not having debt. So that was a really positive thing for me to do. And it was based on the earlier success that I had in my construction company and getting a lot of business from that company. For the two that you built and you had to sit on them and rent them out and you became an accidental landlord, how much did it cost to build each one approximately? Well, back in the early 2000s to the mid 2000s, I was building actually, if I would call it a builder grade home, which was standard finishes, I was building for around 80 to $85 a square foot. Wouldn't be more than that. And how big were they? My typical size home was about 2,000 square foot. I went from 1,900 to 2,200 square foot. I would say about, about 2,000. About 170,000 all in for each. Absolutely. Year. And they, we would list them for 249.9, 259.9. After commissions and hold costs and everything, we would probably end up netting roughly $40,000 to 50,000 max. 
So it was a decent business for me to make some money in. And I did what I knew at the time. But nowadays, there's a lot more access to information where if you put out that kind of money, you could possibly make more money with it and not as much movement and not as much heavy lifting. So you had about $700,000 tied into these homes whenever you became a landlord. Yes. What have you done since then with each of these five homes? There's two of them that I still own. They're still rented till today. No, the ones that I bought that were on double lots that were just small homes that I bought for, I think one of them I bought for 90. There was three of them that I bought. One was for 70, one was 90, one was 100 and something, if I remember right. But two of them I still own. They're right next to each other. And they're actually four lots right next to each other. And I still own that. And how did you net out with the other ones? With the other ones, I actually sold them in 2012 and 13 timeframe when the market got back up. And I was actually profitable on them because what happened was I rented them out through the downturn. Didn't make a ton of money on the rent, but I covered taxes and I was still in the plus. So my cap rates were low. They were probably 5%, 6% because they were not built for renting. They were more built to sell to a homeowner. So I was still profitable, but not very profitable. I would say I still made some money off of that if you include the money I made off of the rent. And I was just happy to get it off my books and take that money and go buy other inventory that was way below market value and that could cash flow much better and be better for flips for me at the time. So I look at it like you could flip up and down the cycle as long as you buy at the right prices. Now that you had that experience, there was a recession, a major recession, and you were not leveraged. You were all cash, so you could just hold on to the properties, rent them out. It wasn't what you wanted to do, but what you really didn't want to do is lose them, and you didn't because you weren't overly leveraged. How have you applied those lessons learned to your portfolio today? Well, I would say that I know that to use data and indicators is a better tool for me to predict what's going to happen in the future and market turns a lot better. That's number one. Number two, I learned that I don't like to be in the space of anything above 150 because the homes that I sold were, I think, 260 270, one of them. It was actually a little bit more because I think the one was about 2,500 square feet and the other one was around 350. So those weren't my typical 2,000 square footers at the time. Those two homes, they were two bigger homes. Maybe that's why they didn't sell when the market went down. So I also learned stick to my, my sweet spots and that's right around the 150 and below range. I have homes right now that we produce all the time that are $70,000 and that produce $1,000 rent. And that's my sweet spot where I could sell them turnkey for $60,000 with a $900 to $1,000 rental income a month. And maybe I'm into them for 40, 45, 50, whatever I'm into them for. So that's a safe haven for me that if the market ever did turn, another point that I'd bring up is when it does, I'm gonna buy more aggressive. I'm not gonna try to make something happen that's not there. If someone doesn't want to accept my offer, they don't have to accept my offer. I'll go on to the next one. Buy right is very, very, very important. So 
I guess those are some lessons that not only, like I said, number one, the data situation to understand what's going on in the market. Number two, to understand the lane that you're really good at. And number three, to buy at the right prices that work for you and don't make something happen that's not there. As far as understanding the lane that you're really good at, maybe from an outside perspective, you're doing property management, you got a brokerage, you got a turnkey company, you're also doing private lending. It appears that there's different lanes there. How would you respond to that? Well, I guess when I say in the lane that you're in, as far as buying properties, what I meant was, I guess the price point you're in. That's what I should have maybe clarified it by saying the price point model that you're good at in real estate. But going to what you're talking about with diversification or being in different lanes, what I do is we run a company that is diversified and has a leader of each division of our company, which is a separate company. And I do feel that there's certain rules in lending that are different than in buying. And there's different rules in property management than there is in owning the property. And what we do is we formulate core values and key point indicators and processes and procedures for each company to be able to be successful. And each company follows those rules that we create with having the leader implement those and on a daily basis, make sure that everything is followed. And I, as the owner of those companies, take a look at everything and try to pivot, turn, and make sure the ship is always going in the right direction. And we have created this system by working with the right people who have helped us create our processes and procedures and really put ourselves in a situation where we can diversify and have many things going on that work well for us. Tell us a story of a deal that has gone terribly wrong. Oh, absolutely. A deal that I bought in 2014 seemed like an incredible deal. Comps in the area, about $100,000, $110,000 at the time. Now they're around $170,000, $180,000. Bought it for $25,000 on a slab. Looks like we could go in there and fix it for $20,000, be in it for $45,000. Sell it really quick for ninety. dollars But you go in there and one of our newer inspectors that all get trained, but missed something that was key, which was a crack in the foundation. And the crack in the foundation led to a lot of other problems, such as the structural situation that the city also found to be in jeopardy, where we have to not only fix the foundation, but there were some issues with stability of the structure. And we get started without having the foundation taken care of because we really don't know there's a foundation problem. Then we start realizing there's a foundation problem. So then we got to tear up everything we're doing, get a foundation company out there. And that is a deal that went from something that we thought we were going to make 100% on our money or 80% on our money in a matter of four or five months or even less to a situation that costs us a lot of money. So one thing I can point out to listeners out there that they should always be cognizant of is foundation issues can be major, major, major costs that you can miss. And you have to know the indicators of a foundation problem. 
I think that if someone would have given me this advice back in 2014, which I would have passed on to my team, trained them on it, I think we could have saved ourselves a whole lot of loss and money on that flip. How much did you end up losing? Oh, geez. I would say we probably lost around twenty dollars or $30,000 on that particular house. Based on your experience as a real estate investor in many different capacities, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best real estate investing advice ever is for investors to find a core business that they love, that they're good at, that they can get educated on, learn and grow and maximize that business. If they want to be ambitious and have other ancillary incomes or build other companies, don't do it before you perfect your core business. And perfecting your core business takes time. Someone might start a business flipping homes today and they might think they know it all, but there's so many things to learn and so many little things that you can learn throughout time and you're going to keep hitting the ceiling. And what I suggest is to create goals and create different short and long-term goals that you hit, hit the ceiling on, and then create other goals by learning from other experts around the country and other people that are in the business. So that really is the best advice is find that one area that's your core business that will always make you money, whether it be wholesaling, flipping, buying and holding properties, and have that be your income generator. And then you can go out there and if you want to do other things like I do in some people's perspective, which I am, and I didn't diversify right away. It took me a while, but don't do that until you perfect your core business. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, best ever conference. That's where you want to be, February 22nd and 23rd in Denver, Colorado. Put in the code TAKE5, T-A-K-E, and the number 5 to get an extra 5% off. Ticket prices go up weekly, so buy it today, besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference at the website all about the speakers. You can read about them and what you will experience when you're there. Besteverconference.com. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month. Then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Best ever book you've recently read? Traction, I always mention. that I know it's not a recent book I read, but I always recommend people to read Traction because I believe it's a great book on how to work together as a team. If you work by yourself, it even helps you there too. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I've done was an apartment complex I purchased that was being mismanaged. Partners that didn't have the time to run it in a city that was fed up with them. And I got it for an incredible deal in an A area. And that was the best deal I've ever done. And if I can do 
a lot like that, I would keep doing them. Best ever way you'd like to give back? We give back by our whole office. It was great this season. We pick families that are in need, and we try to fulfill their needs for the holidays. But we also give back by hiring people that can work and grow in our organization through different organizations like Michigan Works and different employment agencies. And we feel that helping them create a career or gain a skill set, whether it be something even simple, we feel that that's great because we're helping out our community and people to learn how to fish instead of just giving them fish. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing and get in touch with you? They can visit us on our website. The best website for us is strategyproperties.com, or they can call us at our office at 734-224-5454. And we're more than happy to speak to them about anything that we can help them out with, with any aspect of real estate that we feel that we have a very strong grip on. Because if someone was to ask me about self-storage, I would tell you that's not my area of expertise. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for being on the show again, talking about your starting as a contractor and then building the homes in the early 2000s, how you avoided a major, major error, and that would be giving your homes back. And instead, you were pumping your money back into your deals, which is probably a a good lesson for developers and fix and flippers now because there might be a slowdown coming up. And if you've got highly leveraged properties on a fix and flip or development, you could get in some trouble financially. So if you're using all your cash, then recession comes and it stinks because you got to hold on to the properties, but you're holding on to the properties. And that's the key. So thanks for talking about that as well as the different areas of real estate that you're in with the foundation of it being your knack for being a value-add investor in the contracting business because a lot of things tie into that, I can tell. So really appreciate you being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure and thank you for having me on the show and hopefully I've added some aspects of the real estate market where the listeners could gain some value from because that's very important to me and I really appreciate you having me on the show. Best Ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out.